you. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, as Kids Church is dismissed, we want to go to the word of the Lord today. First Kings, the 18th chapter. And we'll uh, bounce around a little bit here in this chapter. Start reading in verse 1. It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show, uh, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. And skipping down to verse 41, uh, Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. And Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. He some some people will go and feast while somebody's going to the mountain and pray, get a hold of God. And he said to his servant, go up now, look on towards the sea. And he went up and he looked and he said, there is nothing. So what do you do when you pray and there's still nothing? Elijah said, go again. Second time is nothing. Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, and the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. Amen. Uh, I want to preach today from this title, uh, Negotiating with Nothing. When you, when you have nothing in your life, when you see nothing happening, what are you going to do? Amen. Turn to a few people, greet them in the name of the Lord. You may be seated today. Man, being residents in southwest Florida, we are no strangers to rain, especially during the rainy season, and uh, uh, apparently it still wants to rain around here. I thought it wasn't supposed to happen until the summertime, spring and summer, but um, we are used to it raining, and during raining season, uh, we can set an alarm on our phone around 2 o'clock or so in the afternoon, and it's going to start raining. Uh, raining every day for months, and we get so accustomed to rain that we are often surprised when it doesn't rain in the rainy season. Um, but that is one of the benefits of living in this subtropical climate that we are in. And since we are so dependent upon rain, we really can tell when it's been a while since the last rain. The vegetation starts to dry out, and then we are in danger of having uh, wildfires down here. Um, and obviously, the longer without rain, the longer the drought, the more vulnerable we become to fires, and they can easily uh, move out of control because of the dryness. 
And after only a few weeks of drying out, fires can start occurring. Thankfully, we seem to have a wet winter to keep things damp around here. Uh, but you can imagine what it would be like if we had not had any rain for over three years. Three years. Can you imagine how dry it would be or how bad this place would look or how many fires would be down here? Uh, not to mention uh, how combustible this place would be with the summer heat. Uh, we probably would not be able to spit on the ground without starting a spark somewhere. Um, and, and so not only is vegetation affected, but also livestock feels the effect of droughts, and oftentimes animals will die of dehydration. And uh, the text that we read puts us into a time period where they were in a serious drought. It had not rained for over three years, uh, and God had told the prophet Elijah to go tell Ahab, King Ahab, that it was not going to rain anymore until he said so. Now, you can imagine with me uh, somebody coming up to you and saying that it's not going to rain again until I say so. Uh, how, how quickly would you say, babe, get the kids in the car, we got to go, because this person's crazy. Uh, uh, and a few days go by. And you're not thinking about it, but now it's in the middle of rainy season and it hasn't rained yet. Um, and you might start thinking about what that person said. And you may say, well, no, it's just a coincidence, but several months would pass by without a single raindrop. And, and you start thinking maybe that person wasn't so crazy after all, after uh, it should have it should have rained plenty of times by now. Um, and so your life would definitely be affected by a drought. Uh, it could be minimal, it could be more. But uh, imagine if Elijah had walked into Governor DeSantis's office and said, Governor, it's not going to rain in Florida until I come back. Governor DeSantis would probably think the same things we may have uh, thought that uh, um, this guy is crazy. But after a few weeks or few months, uh, it's no longer just a minor problem anymore. But now we're talking about the economy of an entire state that is dependent upon the rain. Uh, being affected by a severe drought. Citrus trees are dying and drying and Sugarcane fields are caught on fire and cattle fields are turned into just fields as the cattle uh, migrate or die off. And we're talking about a state of emergency uh, if we don't get rain here in Florida. Um, the economy is taking a hit and it hasn't even been a single year yet. Imagine three years with no rain. Any state or country would be in serious trouble. And then you know who moves to the top of the list of public enemy number one would be Elijah. He was the man that said, it's not going to rain until I return home, return back. And so uh, you could imagine it would be a massive manhunt for him. 
he would be the least favorite guy. His face would be posted all over the channel, say, find this guy, because he's the one who's to blame for this rain, or, or lack of rain. Uh, at least they'll, they point the finger at him, but obviously there was a reason why God sent the drought. And if you go back into Deuteronomy chapter 28, talks about blessings and cursings. Um, um, and you'll find out why droughts come. While the rains don't come is because when the people of God uh, do not obey his commandments, God has nothing else to do but to send the judgment their way. And so even though Elijah would get the blame for really the blame comes down to the individual person and the, the, the state as a whole. Uh, and so... Uh, that is really the condition, the situation, the setting uh, of the, our text today that we read about. It was not a good time in Israel. Nobody wants to go through a drought and nobody wants to go through a wilderness. Uh, but sometimes God's plan for our lives is going to bring us to some kind of valley at some point or, or maybe bring us through some kind of wilderness at some point uh, to, be, to get us to the place where God wants us to go. As much as we want a, a straight line and nice and easy, it's not always like that, is it, in life and with God. And so sometimes we do have to go through valleys and, and wildernesses. But I, I'm here to tell you that if you find yourself in that valley, or maybe you're in a wilderness right now, or a drought in your life. Uh, you don't got to, that's not the time to quit. That's not the time to throw in a towel. That's the time just to keep on holding on and keep on believing uh, because God's going to bring you through it in the name of Jesus. You're going to come out on the other side. Amen. God just wants to bring you through that for a reason. The children of Israel were so ecstatic that they got to leave the bondage of Egypt, but between Egypt and the promised land, there was a vast wilderness, a testing ground, a, a dry wilderness where there isn't much water and there isn't much growth. Um, it's a place where you learn to live without. A place where you learn to live without. Uh, go piggybacking, off, piggybacking off the lesson this morning about people wanting to have all kinds of things. Uh, sometimes God's trying to uh, help us to learn to live without things. Because the more things we have, what happens is the less we become dependent upon God. Why? Because we have everything we need. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that we need to depend upon God more than ever before. It doesn't matter how big our bank account may be. We don't know what's in store in the future. And so we got to make sure we're dependent upon God for each and every need and every day in our life because you just never know. Amen. And so... Um, if you really didn't need these things in your life that you lost, then they become added weight in your journey. Uh, and, and while you're passing through a wilderness, you only need to be carrying the bare essentials. Anything extra, it's, it's going to weigh you down and, 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 and be a, a burdensome to you. And so I, I would say that a lot of the things that we probably carry in our life or have in our life are not essential, but we just like to have them. And there's going to be a price to pay because we got to carry those things in our life. Uh, but if we become dependent upon God and, and detach from uh, possessions or, or things in our life, 
then that weight begins to fall off and we, we're no longer attached to those things. And so if you really don't need them and you lose them in your life, uh, that's, that may... That's, that's going to be okay because God has better things for you on the other side. God can bless you and God can multiply you uh, just like he did with Job. Job lost everything. He went through a wilderness. He went through a valley, a trial in his life. But what happened? He came out on the other side even more blessed than he was in the beginning. And so uh, a wilderness can be a place of testing but also can prepare us for the blessings that God has in store for us in the future. Uh, so we got to learn to depend upon God in the good times, in the bad times. When it's raining and when it's drought around and in the wilderness, we got to learn to depend upon him. Amen. Because it's in the dry times is when your faith in God is really tested, isn't it? It's really tested. When you are used to the good times, when the rain falls con consistently and, and always brings nourishment and growth in your life, you experience the, the blessings of God and he opens the windows of heaven and pours out into your life and uh, we don't take as much time to think about our faith in our provider because things just are, are, are pouring in. Blessings are left and right. And so uh, we don't often need much faith to live uh, a life that is full of blessings. But when everything begins to dry up, when the rain clouds go away and the your life, uh, in times of nourishment, you can barter and you can trade and you can give this up for that. But when you have nothing left, when you have nothing to offer, when you have nothing to give, what do you do when you're in that situation? But in time, it's in these times of nothing, do you need to learn to trust in God, to provide a way, to make a door uh, that you cannot see right now? Because if you don't turn to God, you're left with negotiating with nothing all by yourself. You see, the children of Israel faced this as they went through the wilderness. And think about it. Uh, three million people walking through the desert. Uh, and unless you strap your refrigerator and pantry to the back of your camel, provided you had a camel, uh, if you didn't have one, then you're dragging your refrigerator uh, across the desert. And... Um, you'll realize real soon that that baggage is not worth trying to take with you. Uh, and so it won't be long until you run out of food and water and you're down to nothing. The, the children of Israel only uh, made a few days of provisions to get them through, get them out of Egypt and get them into the promised land. Um, and so they were obedient to that, but uh, the day came when their water bottles ran out and their, 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 their bread was all eaten up. And they, they were left with nothing, uh, and they started complaining that they had no water to drink. And, and how much water can three million people drink when they're thirsty? You could probably walk across the Caloosahatchee when they're done drinking. It's a lot of water. Uh, and so... Uh, but it's when they were faced with nothing 
That's when God showed up and provided for them. The Bible says he made the bitter waters of Merah, he made them sweet to drink. Uh, he made water gush out from the rock that followed them in the wilderness. He, he gave them quail to eat and manna to sustain them. You see, it's when you uh, have to negotiate with nothing that you go to a higher power. Uh, you need to go to the one who has faced nothing in the beginning. Because in the beginning, there was the just God and there wasn't anything else. And so God is used to dealing with nothing. Because he can just speak to nothing and all of a sudden things can appear. Let there be light and there was light. Let the earth, dry land come forth and it came. Let the animals come forth and they came all from nothing. And so when we are left with nothing, uh, we are at the end of our road because that's all we have. And so when we, have no, when we have nothing, we go to God. He's the one who can handle nothing. He's the one who can speak something into existence. We can't do that. Uh, and so we got to go to the one who can. And so if you're going through a hard time in your life, if you feel like there's nothing, your prayers have not been answered, you see you have no way to go, that's okay. You're in the right place for God to step into your life and do a miracle to perform something you've never seen before. Why? Because God can take your nothing and he can make something out of it as long as we go to him and put our faith and trust in him. You see, we, in the wilderness, we, we tend to focus on uh, the, the drought and the, the, the dryness and, and the lacking of things. But you look at it from this perspective, that in the wild, it was in the wilderness that the children of Israel got to see so many miracles. So many miracles, things after things, and, and God stepping in and doing this. Uh, when they ran out, God showed up and did another miracle in their life. Uh, the miracles happen in the wilderness, but we got to be willing to go through that wilderness. Uh, and so it's okay if you're, if you're unsure what your future is or, or you have nothing to, to offer. That's okay. I'm here to tell you you're in the right place for a miracle for God to show up in your life and to start speaking to rocks and water comes out, but that happens in the wilderness. Those type of miracles did not happen in the promised land, did they? The land was flowing with milk and honey, and they had an abundance of things, and what happened when they got there? It wasn't until after a generation or so they forgot about God, because they had something, but when they had nothing, they cried out to God. And so where do we go when we have nothing? We cry out to God. Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. We don't have the power to speak to nothing and have something come. It is our God who can call those things out. It is our God who can call those things into existence. Uh, and so he can look at the dead and command life to come forth from them. He can take someone who sees nothing and he can open up their eyes and they can see. He can take someone who hears nothing and unlock their ears so that they may hear. And so if you are facing a nothing, you need to go to the one who can call something from nothing because with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Every situation is possible when we give it to God, when we have nothing left to give but a little bit of faith. God, I have nothing.
nothing. Here you go, Lord. I need your help in this situation. All things are possible with him. Nothing is a powerful word. I think we all know what it means, but to hear its definition really tells us what a strong word it is. It, uh, it means not anything, no part, no share, no trace, something that is non-existent. You see, it's hard to negotiate with something that is non-existent. If someone comes up to you and asks you for some money and you reply, I've got nothing, where do you go from there? Negotiation's over, right? You, you have something that is non-existent. You don't have anything. And so they can try to say, surely you've got something, but you say again, I've got nothing. And so there is no negotiating with nothing. Uh, we, we can't do anything with it. And when we use that word, we usually mean it. Many times we may exaggerate, but a lot of times, uh, you know, that really means we have nothing. And so when we use it, uh, we feel the weight of that word in our own soul. Because for us to say, oh, I have nothing, uh, uh, to admit that I have nothing, uh, it, it does something, it's speaking truth about us. And, and that is why when we encounter a nothing situation, or a nothing possibility, it can be very disheartening. Be very discouraging because we know that we've reached a dead end with our ability. There's nothing, we've tried everything we could do. We've went everywhere. We went to the experts. We followed all the advice that we were given. And still, we are left with a nothing. And so there isn't anything that we can do because how do you negotiate with nothing? There is a woman who experienced this. She tried to negotiate with her nothing, but time after time, she kept encountering this word, nothing. Mark 5, it says, a certain woman who had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had, and nothing was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Now, it's bad enough when you have nothing, uh, but when you have nothing and things get worse, uh, that's, that's really saying something. And, and so she tried everything, doing everything that she knew, nothing. She went to the best doctors, nothing. They couldn't do anything for her. She searched for home remedies, nothing worked. She tried the old wives' tales, Nothing worked. She threw all of her money away at nothing, and still nothing happened. Nothing worked. Uh, verse 27, but when she heard of Jesus, she came in and pressed behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. 
And so when you've encountered your nothing, there is only one thing left to do, and that is take it to Jesus. Go to God with that nothing because he can take your nothing. And he says, oh, I've, ex- I've done with this before. I have experience with nothing. I can make something out of it. It doesn't matter who you are or, or where you've come from or what your situation is. If you are facing a nothing, your nothing can become something if you give it over to him. But giving it over to Jesus can be a difficult thing. As crazy as it sounds, and we we all know, it's easier said than done to to, to give everything to God. It's easier said to, oh, I I threw it all at the altar. Well, uh, did you really? Do we really throw it out? How much do we throw it down at the altar and pick up and take home with us? Uh, And so... Uh, because we have to have some kind of faith left uh, if we are going to be negotiating with God with our nothing. And uh, when we have nothing, what happens is our nothing begins to attack our faith. Uh, it, It attacks our faith through the very same process that we use every day of our life. Our nothing will use reason and facts to diminish our faith. You hear that small voice of reason speaking in your mind, there's no way that's going to work. And that can't happen. We, we have all the facts and we've tried everything and nothing can be done about it. And so don't tell me that I'm the only one who has heard the voice of reason and, 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 uh, and wrestled with the facts of a situation. And when we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it, it just can't be fixed or, or nothing can be done about it, how can I negotiate against my own reason, against my, the facts, uh, against the proven facts that we all know exists? When you've already been down that road and there's nothing at the end of it and you know the reason, again, attacks your faith. We've already tried that and it didn't work. Uh, So why should we try it again? We were left with nothing and so we're going to stop and we're going to try something else. And slowly, day after day, reason and facts will begin to wear down your faith. Until you just accept it. Well, this is just it. This is my goal in life. This is what God's got for me. Or you accept nothing. And then when you accept nothing as final, then there's no more negotiating, is there? You're just, you accepted, you have nothing. The, the disciples experienced a similar situation in Luke chapter 5. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that we thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep, And let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. There's reason coming into the situation. 
We've done it all night, God. Jesus, we, what are you talking about? Let your, we've, we've put our nets in that place four times through the night. We've fished this whole lake and we haven't caught anything. Uh, and so uh, Simon Peter is the outspoken one of the bunch and he's always speaking his mind, which oftentimes gets him in trouble. He tells Jesus, we've, we've been out all night long. We've caught nothing. And it's not like Peter doesn't know what he's talking about. He, he was a fisherman by trade. He knew every inch of that lake. He knew where the hot spots were. He knew where the bait runs. He, knew, he knows where the, where, where the fish hang out. He, he can see the, the bait running and follow the, the, the birds, and he knows where things are moving. And so Peter is an expert fisherman. He knows the lake like the back of his hand. Uh, and so uh, when they say to Jesus, we fished all night, that, that really means they tried every spot the whole night. And they got nothing. Uh, but Jesus tells them to cast out their nets. And, and I can see Simon Peter shaking his head, thinking to himself, reason, we've already done that. We've already did our, those nets in that place. That same place, I, I threw my nets there many times and we got nothing. And now you want me to try it again, Lord, in the same place uh, that I already was. Uh, but look at his response. He says, nevertheless, at thy word I will let down a net. And so what happened is uh, Peter just let go of the facts. He forgot about reason. He says, I'm not dealing with the reasons and facts anymore. I'm just going to believe by faith. Why? I have nothing to show for what I did. And so what harm is it going to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to go again. I'm going to try again. And so what happens is uh, they did it at the word of Jesus and verse 6, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fish, and their nets broke. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they began, and they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. So now, they got so much fish that it starts sinking two ships. Uh, talk about a, 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 a mother load there. But you can, you can imagine the fishermen scratching their head and saying, we fished this thing all night long. If, uh, if these fish were in this lake last night, we'd have, we'd have found some. But we found nothing and we had nothing. And so it, it may not seem like it. Uh, but with Jesus, there's always going to be something. Nothing is never the final answer with God uh, because you just keep on believing. You go again. If God says to go to the same place again, guess what? You better go again. Don't let reason and facts uh, shortchange you or, or steal your faith because when it doesn't make any sense, when you try again and again, when it goes against all the facts, you just need to have a little bit of faith left. In your, in your heart and say, nevertheless, Lord, at thy will, something's going to happen. I've tried everything I can. I went to, to far as I can go. And that's when you see your situation turn around. And that's when your nothing can become something when you follow the word of the Lord. And so Matthew 17, when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him saying, Lord, have mercy upon my son. He's a lunatic, sore vexed, and oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. 
And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And then, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, uh, Why could we not cast him out? Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And so if you pick up a mustard seed... And you compare it to the mountain that's in the background. The voice of reason is going to say there is no way that this mustard seed is going to do anything against that mountain. There's no way, there's not a chance that this thing can do anything against it. Uh, and, and so it says it's not possible. The, the facts say nothing can happen. The laws of nature say that cannot happen. Uh, there's nothing that that seed is going to do. Uh, and so I, I don't get it and I, I don't understand it. But Jesus said, uh, "Let it, nevertheless at thy word, I'm going to speak to my mountain and I'm going to negotiate with my nothing and say, hey, it doesn't matter anymore. The Lord said to do it, and so I'm going to do it. I'm going to step out in faith. I may not have anything to deal with, but as long as I got a little bit of faith, as long as I still have a mustard seed left of faith, I can give that to God and say, God, I need you to move this mountain. I need you to cast it in the sea because I cannot do anything. I have nowhere to go. I'm at my dead end, and I have nothing uh, left, and so I have to go to you. And that is why faith, what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then, so faith doesn't work with evidence. Faith doesn't work. If, you, if there's evidence there, you don't need faith for it. And oftentimes the evidence speaks at your faith and tries to diminish it. But uh, faith by its very definition says, I see all the facts. I see all the situations. I see all the doctor's reports. I see what they can do or cannot do. All I see is nothing, nothing, nothing. And, and so somebody might say, there's nothing left for me. But not a child of God. We still have a place that we can go. We can go to the almighty God who deals with nothing, who speaks to nothing, who calls life out of dead situation, who can open up a door that no man can shut, that we can go through, amen, because we still have an option even when we have nothing to deal with. Faith is always going to negotiate with your nothing and say, it's not over yet. It's not over yet because I just got a little bit of faith, a mustard seed of faith, and I'm going to give that to God and let him do something in my life, in my situation, because I have nothing left, no more power, no more ability, no more money, no more whatever. We have nothing, but that's okay. God works with nothing Aren't you thankful that he can handle our nothing? That all he's got to do is just speak the word and things appear. Uh, and so we're not going to settle with nothing. Nothing is not going to be our final answer. We're going to go to the Lord because he's going to make a way. Amen. Musicians, if you'd come. 1 Kings 18. 
And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. And so Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself upon the earth upon his, and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now and look at the sea. And he went up and he looked and he said, There is nothing. Uh, and so even uh, the, the facts that Elijah's servant came in, uh, obviously he trusted this man. Uh, and so what his servant says is not, his servant's not going to lie to Elijah uh, and say there's actually a huge cloud and he comes back and says there's nothing. Uh, Elijah's servant is going to uh, report him the truth. And even before Elijah started praying, he told Ahab, I hear something. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And so many times God may speak to you or the word of God's going to speak to you and you hear something from God, but it may take a while before it starts manifesting in your life. Don't let the facts and the reasons eat away at what the word is that has been spoken into you. If God has promised you something, you got to hold on to that because it's going to come to pass. It doesn't matter how long it's been, how many months or weeks or years, because the word of God goes forth and it accomplishes what it is sent to do. And so if you hear something from God, uh, uh, keep on believing that uh, because it may be a while before it actually manifests. Before uh, Elijah ever went to the mountain to pray, he already said, I hear, I hear the rain coming. I hear the rain coming. And so that is why Elijah did not get discouraged when his uh, servant came back and said, I see nothing. How many times do we uh, go down in prayer and we feel like we get a hold of God and, 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 and then we, we get up and we, we're looking for the answer. We're looking for the solution and it's not there. There's nothing. But and how many times are we just like, oh, maybe I didn't hear right. Or maybe that's, uh, I don't know. And, and we can get discouraged when we wake up and, and think that it's not there. Uh, and, and so what happens is many times the only time we pray about it is that one time. But Elijah said, go again. I'm not accepting nothing as a final answer. Why? Because I heard from God, and so we're going to pray. We're going to go again uh, until we see something. And he came back the second time, nothing. I don't want to hear nothing. You go back, uh, you go back and look again. I'm going to keep on praying. Third time, nothing. I told you I don't want to hear nothing. You go again and come back. And finally, the seventh time, he comes back. And, and so... Uh, that attests, that speaks to the faith that Elijah had, that even after six times of seeing nothing, he says, I'm not accepting nothing. I'm not going to quit and, and, and leave this mountain and say, oh, well, I prayed five times. Uh, I prayed about it and nothing happened. I prayed six times about it and nothing happened. Uh, I wonder how many of us out there are on our fifth time or sixth time and God just getting ready. He's getting the storm cloud. He's getting the rain clouds ready to come in our life. We don't need to quit now. We don't need to lose our faith now because we can see the rain. It could be coming tomorrow. It could be 
coming tonight. Your answer can be coming tomorrow morning in your email. It can be have a phone call tomorrow. You can get something in the mail this week. You never know. Uh, you never know. You just keep on praying. Keep on believing. Keep on releasing that faith and saying, with God, everything is possible. I'm not going to accept nothing as an answer. I'm going to let God work this out. Man, if you stand with me today, Elijah wasn't going to let his nothing win. Many times we are stuck with nothing. But do we let our nothing win? Or do we say, I've got to negotiate with this. I've got to do a trade with this. And the only place you can trade nothing is with God. Because none of us, we can't do anything with nothing. But when you take your nothing and you give it to God, but we're not going to settle for this, God. You've called me this far. You've brought me here. You've, you've poured out your spirit in my life. You've touched my life. You've blessed my life. I know that you're not going to leave me or forsake me. I know that this is not the end for me. I may be passing through a valley or a wilderness, but hey, if I'm going to be in the wilderness, what do I know about that? I know that there's miracles there in the wilderness. Water starts pouring out of rocks and, and, and bread starts appearing on the ground every morning and so as long as we don't settle for nothing and give that to God there's always an answer there's always an option I'm not going to give in even when reason and facts say there is nothing my faith is going to say go again Go again unto the Lord. And don't let reason and facts dwindle your faith away because when you run out of faith, you're, you're really stuck with nothing, aren't you? If you do nothing, then you're going to get nothing. But if you go again, Say, God, I know I've been here before, but hey, I heard the sound of abundance of rain, and I'm going to keep on praying until that happens. Uh, I ask you today, what is your nothing? What is the situation you're dealing with in your life that, that you know that you have no power over? You can't do anything about it. I'm here to tell you, hey, you're in the right place today. You take that nothing today, and you come and bring it to the Lord and say, God, here's my nothing. I know you can do something with this nothing. Nothing. What are you staring at? That your reason and facts say, sorry, you we're all out of here. Is it a lost family member who has said they're going to come back to church but haven't come back yet? Reason and facts will say, well, if they haven't came, then they're probably not going to come. But our faith says, I'm going to pray again for them. My faith says, I, I'm going to see them coming through those doors. I hear a sound of revival. I hear the sound of the outpouring of the Spirit of God, and I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on believing because I'm not accepting nothing as my final. Uh, and so one of these days we'll see them walk through those doors. It may be 10 years or, or 20 years since your prayers have been answered. But, hey, as long as you keep on going, the faith is still working. The faith is still working in the hands of God. And so the moment we quit praying is when we accept our situation as final. What is your nothing? Is it pain? or sickness or disease that the doctors say, there's nothing we can do. Is that your nothing? I say to you, bring that nothing to God because God can do something with that. 
uh, over and over again. The Bible, the Bible says, nevertheless, by his stripes, we are healed. And so we still have an option, don't we? Even when the doctors, the professionals, the most expensive guys out there say, there's nothing we can do. Oh, yeah, I have a verse in the Bible that says, by his stripes, we are healed. I'm going to put my faith in that verse. I'm going to start believing on God. I'm going to take my nothing and give it to God today. And so what is, what is your nothing? What is your situation in your life today that you are facing that you don't know what you're going to do? You don't know where you're going to go. You don't know what kind of options you have because you've already tried them all. I'm here to tell you today, you step out in faith and just, just close your eyes and, and grab a hold of that nothing, that situation. You come and bring it to the altar today and begin to lay it down and say, God, here it is. I've tried everything. I'm surrendering today. Uh, I'm going to give it all to you because you're my only option left. And that's what God likes when the people, his people say, I'm going to you because there's nowhere else I can go. You know what that means? God's going to get the glory. God's going to get the glory in your situation because we know it's a miracle that he's done it in your life. And I believe many people here today are in the right place for a miracle, uh, something to happen in your life. You may be in the wilderness. That's okay. There are miracles happen in the wilderness. Amen. And so as we begin to sing, I wonder if you would just step out in faith today and saying, God, here's my thing. Here's that one thing, God, or maybe you have a lot of things. I don't know. It doesn't matter how many. God can do that. God can work in every situation. Come on, let's step out in faith and say, God, here it is, Lord. I'm coming again. Maybe this is your not your first time bringing it. That's okay. We're going to keep coming again and again and again. There is power. We're not going to accept nothing as our final situation. Hallelujah, Jesus. We've heard that well, let's, there let's is bind no together way in faith. Let's release our faith today. Anything is possible. We've heard the tide will never Don't hold on to it. Let it go. Let it go today. They haven't seen what well, you can We're going to see God do something in your life. There is power We're going to hear a testimony. God and he so did something. Much power or he opened a door that you couldn't. 